Hey, strangers. Welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. I am Creepy Krista, and my co-host is Crawly Kurt. Together, we are, <laughs> we are Creepy, creepy Crawly. Crawly Kurt yes. and Krista. It is the day after Halloween, so it happy is. Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. How was yours? Uh, should I give you a quick story? Oh, boy. Yep. Okay, I'll make it real quick. <laughs> I love Halloween. I know Everyone knows this about me, right? I discovered that what I thought I loved about Halloween is not what I love about Halloween, and here's why. So... My husband and I lived in a neighborhood where trick-or-treating might be a little scary for not what you think. We didn't live in the greatest neighborhoods, so we never participated in trick-or-treating. We always kept our light off because yeah. basically we didn't want to get mugged at our front door. <laughs> exactly. So we bought this new house. We're in this awesome new neighborhood. We're like, oh, right. We're looking forward to trick-or-treating this year. So we're we're all ready. It's a three-hour deal here where I live, four to seven. We buy like four huge bags of candy. Three hours, we had two families. Wow. <laughs> we have this so you, you humongous have of candy bowl left. of candy left over. But I learned something else very valuable. It's not Halloween or the trick-or-treating that I love. I actually don't like the trick-or-treating. It was very stressful for me waiting for people to come to our door. And when I saw people coming, I was like, Jim, you go to the door. <laughs> Like, I didn't want to, I'm an introvert. I don't like talking to strangers. I don't like people coming to my house. So I don't know why I thought I would look forward or like trick-or-treating so much. I realized Halloween for me is the decorating of the house, the watching of the scary movies all month long, and the build-up to Halloween. But I don't actually like Halloween. That's interesting. <laughs> so it was kind of ironic. You that like we, it in theory. In you, theory, you like the I theory like theory of Halloween, not the yes, practice. Yes, the idea of it. I don't like the actual trick-or-treating. Interesting. Uh-huh. Um, but at least and th- this was kind of a good experience for us because next year we're just not going to bother. Yeah. I'm not spending three hours standing around waiting for people to show up and only have two people come. Just be one of those people that put the bowl out on the, the uh, I don't like that either. The porch and just help yourself. That's not trick-or-treating no. to me. Plus, I would drive by and take the whole bowl. <laughs> I haven't given you my address yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I still don't know where you live. No, I have to have you over. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> next year, we're just going to shut the curtains and turn off the light and watch a scary movie. Sounds nice. We did watch It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, last Which night, is a though. classic. So, yeah. But we had a, a we had a minor disagreement about it uh, before we started recording. Kurt's favorite part is my least favorite part. I love the part where Snoopy imagines that he's shot down in france and i just love the art i love the art of that whole that's segment. cool that part's cool. i mean i understand that when you're a kid you're like this is dumb yeah i'm like this is the boy part yeah. get back to the halloween party and the costumes and the trick-or-treating and the great pumpkin and the the charlie brown sheet with all the eye holes <laughs> cut all over it he had an incident with the scissors <laughs> allegedly I love It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I do too. Just the music. The yep. second that music yep. starts, you're like a kid again. And yep. It's so great. I, I think I mentioned that on here that I listen in my car. I listen a lot to Peanuts music. I have, really? Yeah. I have, I think it's their Christmas one or they have like <gasps> a greatest hits where it's a one. lot of, it's the Halloween music. It's the Thanksgiving music. Yeah. I really, really like the Charlie Brown jazz music. I do too. Music. I love the Christmas one, like the old Christmas tree or yep. yeah, the whole thing. Yep. I love it all. Cool. All right, that's my short Halloween story. But otherwise, how was your Halloween? I don't think I did anything. I sat home and... You don't think so? It was last night. You don't remember? Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Might have been a really good night, Kurt. No, <laughs> I got remember. a pizza and... Uh, was it shaped like a pumpkin? I could have got one shaped like a pumpkin, but I, know I didn't. I Papa Murphy's does that. Yeah, that is where I got my pizza of from. Course, course. But I didn't do that. I just had pizza and I think I watched MASH and oh, <laughs> I think I went to bed. Not even a scary movie. That's all right. I actually, I went to bed early and I watched on YouTube uh, 
something to do with my story today that oh, we're going to talk about a little later. research a little research i'm really enjoying um the new reboot of sabrina on netflix i haven't watched it i didn't watch it a whole lot as it when it was out because i didn't have cable growing up and i thought it was on cable i don't remember i never watched the or maybe old i one. don't remember it i maybe i just didn't watch it but i'm actually really enjoying it it's a little bit darker than the i've been really series. enjoying american horror story this season because it's the second season of the coven witches and i love the coven witches Oh, sure. And I don't remember. I, this happens every time. I need to pull up Facebook. I don't recall who recommended that podcast, um, The Confessionals. Yeah. Um, but, and I've only been listening to this one episode, but it was giving me legitimate chills on my way to work today. So thank you for uh, recommending that. Whoever you are, I'm so sorry. I probably should write notes. And we got to do better note taking with this. Oh, we're just terrible at this. I think we need a secretary. Because I, I, we do. We need <laughs> we a secretary. We need an intern. <laughs> Josh Carpenter. Thank yes. you, Josh. <laughs> As an intern, you'll be unpaid, but you can eat whatever we don't like for the taste test. Yeah. Lots of pickle juice. <laughs> Lots of, I love pickle juice. Do you have any shout outs? We do. We're going to shout out our new strangers who are Tina McGann-Ginn, Brian Young, who wrote an awesome message on our stranger page. Uh, Jessica Disholland, who wrote a great recommendation for us, and someone with the strange name RBSBB. It's very cryptic. It's very cri- cryptic. 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 <laughs> I can't talk tonight. Cryptozoology. Also want to give a huge shout out to <laughs> Ann Scanlon Sawyer, who sent us an amazingly sweet email, and she's not on social media. Uh, that right. email I actually posted to my personal Facebook because I don't really talk about... I think you pay, uh, tagged me in it, too. Yeah, I really don't talk about... The podcast a whole lot on my personal Facebook. I don't either, actually. I don't really post uh, But I just wanted to say how proud I am of of what yeah. we've got going. And it's because much... of you guys who are yeah, listening right yeah. now, 100%. Exactly. And so, all of Kurt's hard work. No, it's not so much hard work. <laughs> I just make all this stuff up. I don't even do any research. <laughs> so yeah, I posted that on my personal Facebook. A couple of you guys are friends with me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'll friend you on Facebook if you do a friend suggest or you know a friend request. Krista, not so much. Krista's a little more private than I am. I am. But, but that's okay. We love her anyway. <laughs> Want to thank Shane Oshazanik, good friend of mine, for sending us something to taste test. I left that sitting at home. So that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. And I want to thank Joan McGinnis, who sent us a really, really cool postcard. I, the you know, I love postcard. Bigfoot. Yes. So. And her art on there is really, her, the way she wrote Strange Sessions is really cool. Yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah. It was really impressive. So thank you guys really cool. so much. You guys are awesome, as always. And I love the conversations and the strangers yeah. and all that. So it's so cool. Thank you guys so much. I have a shout out for my coworker. Uh, he sent me an email today and he said, I've been jamming out super hard on the strange sessions. <laughs> nice. And he um, asked me if you look like David Cross. I don't know if anyone knows who that is. It's an actor. I think he's an actor. I recognized him and he sent me a picture. I think he was, I think he was uh, Tobias on Arrested Development. Okay. I never watched. No, I don't really look like him. No, you you both wear glasses. That's pretty much it. I sent him a a photo of the two. At first, I thought you meant David Crosby. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't really look like David Crosby either. So anyway, my coworker's name is Kurt Narika. So Kurt, what's up, other Kurt? (laughs) Other Kurt. I'm excited that you're listening to the show. I told him he needed to join the strangers so he could join in on the conversation. So um, we're waiting for you to uh, you know ask for permission to join our group, Kurt. Uh, and speaking of joining our group, we're going to make a change. We're going to have it now where you have to answer two questions before 
you can join the strangers. And Do you want to explain be... why we came up with this? We, we had some people... Well, there was one person specifically that Kurt feels bad about rejecting. Yeah, because I... On accident? Yeah, for some reason, I thought I was looking at the person's profile to see if, you know, I thought they were a valid listener. And then for some reason, I thought it was a Facebook friend request. So I'm like, no, denied. So what was the name of the person? I can't remember now. (laughs) So So person who requested on November 1st, that's today's date. Yes. If Kurt rejected you please try again sorry and yeah sorry we didn't he didn't mean to do that but we're gonna start asking two questions yeah because we want to get people into strangers that actually do listen to the podcast or you know like krista said on the drive here if you add somebody who you think would enjoy the podcast and what we talk about it'll be really easy it's just two really easy questions yeah if you listen to the podcast you'll get it cool why well, you just look at me so puzzled? Because if they don't listen, they won't be able to answer the questions. <laughs> so they'd have to get the answers from whoever is recommending That's true. them. That's true. We'll, we'll, we'll just play this by ear. We'll figure it out. We won't indiscriminately reject people. We're just going to reject. We're going to shut down a Facebook group. We're, <laughs> We're done. done. We're done. We're ending the show. <laughs> Stay strange. <laughs> oh, man. Should we move on to our taste test? I'm pretty pumped about this. Our housekeeping slash taste test. I apparently have work I need to do now, so <laughs> make our make our. We are trying the peanut butter, banana, and mayonnaise sandwich tonight. So you're gonna just keep talking while I'm I do just this? gonna keep talking okay, while Chris is doing this. I don't think either of us are really frightened of this because this is a. Uh, it was a popular food down south, and we want to give a, another shout out to April Adams Moses for sending us the Duke's mayonnaise. Good Southern mayonnaise. Krista is opening and tasting right now. Is it more eggy than usual? I'm very particular about mayonnaise, so I wanted to know what this... Do you want to do that? Take a little on your finger and... It's not a sweet mayo, which I'm, I don't like sweet mayos. It's, it's very it's, ta- like tangy and savory. It's very tangy, savory. but it's, it's really... I like it. I feel like it's way more subtle than, than like, like a Hellman's, Hellman's or, or anything like that. It's actually really good. Yeah, I like it. All right, Dukes. All right. Oh, we, we yeah, forgot to give a shout out to Bridget Morelski. I know we mentioned her last, last episode, yep. but I believe her new podcast went live today. Woo-hoo. So um, if you're into vintage or you just want to check out a new podcast, it's called My Vintage Life with Bridget Morelski. Bridget's and, awesome. And yes, she is awesome. And I think it's on Spotify for sure. Yes. I, I don't know if it, what other platforms it's on. So, um, But check it out. We're excited. Yep. I can't Good wait luck, to listen Bridget. to it. I haven't listened yet, but I promise I will. <laughs> okay. Don't and mind me while I... Krista's putting together the sandwich. Yeah, we can put, like, sandwich, sandwich making music. Sandwich making I don't know what that would be, but... We don't want the butt. No. No butt. What, what? The butt always gets thrown out my window for birds. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I don't even know if I know anybody that eats the butt of the... My husband will. The bread? Oh, yeah. This is bread talk with Kurt and Krista. (laughs) (laughs) I'm picking the smallest nanner. I'm sorry. We call these nanners. I have never called them. I have never called them a nanner. My Lucy Lou, my dog, loves nanners. She's a big old fan. Now, are you a little slices or do you slice and then do long slices? Little slices. I'm I'm the opposite. Seriously? Mm -hmm. I like long slices. You can do that then. I'm easy. That's okay. Oh boy. Kurt's easy. You all heard it here. I am easy like Sunday morning. Easy like Sunday morning. 
I don't like the butt of the banana either. That's why I have a dog. She eats the butt. Of I the never banana. thought about that. I always eat the butt of the banana. You want the butt? No, I don't want it now that you got me thinking about it. <laughs> Kurt no longer likes banana butt. Nope. It's a nice freaking toaster. It is a nice toaster. I'm warm. <laughs> Put it under your chair. Krista is warming herself over the toaster. It's not even that cold in the room. It's freezing in here. <sighs> how much peanut butter do you like and how much mayo do you like? A lot of each. Okay. Oh, Lord. Technically, I think we're supposed to be putting a piece of lettuce in between there. Oh, hell no. But I want the mayo and peanut butter to mingle and become Ooh. friends. I don't want to separate them. Crust to crust is a must, people. <laughs> crust to crust is a must. I've never heard that. Jeff Morrow. <sighs> Network. Just the sight of peanut butter makes me drool. I love peanut I butter. I love peanut butter too. Okay, I'm gonna have. To, we got. We're, we have. We are using Duke's mayo that was sent to us so lovingly by April, and Skippy peanut butter because I was looking for Jiffy. Jiffy. <laughs> I could not find <laughs> Jiffy anywhere. I'm going in with the mayo. This is gonna be fun. Ooh, my tummy's my tummy's just growled. growled. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, if I see mayo and I see peanut butter, my stomach is going to growl. So, do you want a triangle cut or a square cut? Triangle's the way to go. That's. I agree. I got to take a picture before we okay. mow into this. I'm excited. Okay. I need a napkin. Oh, I got a napkin. I feel like it's going to be it's going to be way less In interesting than we think it's yeah. going to be. I think it's going to be really good. All right, we have uh, we have our very beautifully made sandwiches. Oh, thank you. Good job, Krista. It's two pieces of bread and some stuff. In <laughs> and are you ready? I'm ready. I'm gonna smell it first. Okay, I'm gonna smell it too. It mostly just smells like bananas. <laughs> it mostly smells like peanut butter. You right. ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Go. Okay. Hmm. It's weird. I feel like the. I feel like the mayonnaise mutes the taste of the peanut butter. I feel... I, I can taste the mayo. Yeah. But it's not like... I need another bite. It's oh. weird. It's not what I expected. It's like a... Like the mayo adds a creaminess to the mm, peanut butter. Yeah. And it sort of... I think it actually... Makes I, the banana less in your face. I really like this, actually. This I think is it really, really complements the banana. This is actually really good. Hmm. You heard it here, kids. I would totally eat this for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. Peanut butter, banana, and mayo. I'm, I'm surprisingly... I really like yeah, this. Yeah, I like it. Holy cow. Like, I feel like the mayo takes everything down a notch. Mm-hmm. It's not... It's... It's not as peanutty, and it's not as well. Like cuts banana-y. through the sweetness of the yeah, pe- the but it adds butter. it adds like a smoothness to it, like a like I don't want to say savory because we say savory all the time, <laughs> but it does tangy, add like though. it adds like a little savoriness to it. It's really good. It's tangy, and it I think it enhances everything, but yeah. it also cuts through the sugar, so it's not as sweet. I really this is really I like good. It too. Huh. Those people down south are on or something. They are. This is, this is seriously <laughs> really good. Mm. I like I like the mayo. 
I mean, yeah. I think it's comparable to. I get. I catch a little hint of the mayo every now and then. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, this is really good. All right. This is a hundred times better than I even expected it to be. Me too. I thought it would overpower everything. It doesn't. But it what, doesn't. What, what happens is that everything, I think, is more subdued than mm-hmm. you would expect it to be. And it just tastes really good. It's kind of like, well, this is a bad comparison. But when you're baking anything sweet, you always add salt because it, it sort of balances all the flavors yeah, out. And, and that's, I exactly think this what this, this, yeah. that's exactly what this is like. Totally. Mm. Okay, that was really good. That was really good. I know what Kurt's having later. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, you've got all the fixings for it. I like the banana was cold, too. Yeah. Normally, my bananas are not kept cold, but that worked really well Wow. with the uh, mayo. I am literally going to give this a 10. I, I think it's I really, too, yeah, it is really good. And I think you could fancy it up with like sourdough bread and like a different peanut butter if you wanted. But I think the mayo would have to be this because you wouldn't want a sweet mayo. No, you would not want a sweet mayo. That mayo wow. was the mayo is perfect. So April knew what she was doing. Yes, thank you so much. Wow, a ten. That is a. Have we, uh, we both have, ever no, given we have not a had 10? a. We've not had a dual ten for. It was very unexpected. It was. I expected it. I don't know. It was the opposite of what I expected. Yeah. I expected everything to be more overpowering together, but right. it wasn't. It was the exact opposite of that. Because you hear peanut butter, banana, and mayo, and you're like, "What?" I think I might be eating those. In the very near future for Pretty lunch. I really like those. Pretty darn good. Here, mm-hmm. should I throw that out? The empty plate. Not anything else. It's no. clean one. We'll keep that. Thank you so much for sending that, April. Yeah, thank you. And is she the one who suggested this in the first place? I don't remember. I don't A couple remember. people did because Brittany? Brittany posted it. Yeah. That, And we were like, that was really good. Wow. I would, like I said, I would totally try that with like an artisanal sourdough. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And I, I buy like the peanut butter that's just peanuts. There's nothing else in it. I, I get the old school skippy. Old school skippy. Creamy, never chunky. No, no. No, that is. I do love the smell of peanut I butter. I do too. <laughs> it is such a good smell. Wow. That All was right. amazingly good. Holy cow. Well, that was an enjoyable titillating 20. I'm kind of surprised that we don't have places up here that do that, that I have never seen that in my life no. suggested as a sandwich that people ate. I've never even heard of it. I've seen, like, we were talking on the way here where I just was somewhere that had a peanut butter in a burger and I don't remember where it was. Oh, but I've had a couple. That's like a, peanut butter is a very common thing, I think. Yeah. Peanut butter bacon cheeseburgers are amazingly good. I love peanut butter bacon cheeseburgers. And somebody on, um, on our Facebook in The Strangers said that they had tried a hot dog with peanut butter yep. on it. And, and are- I... Grew up eating toast with peanut butter with a slice of ham on it. So that's like a Which normal... I never heard of until the drive here when yeah, Krista told me that. It's something about the salty and the sweet, and it's just a good combo. You can so, warm the ham up, though. Cold ham on a peanut butter toast is not good. No. FYI. <laughs> Should we get to our, our main we need, we need to quit our jobs course. and open up Kurt and Krista's peanut butter mayonnaise sandwich <laughs> shop. Sure. <laughs> I'm down. Okay. Self-employment is my dream. <laughs> yeah, mine too. No employment is my dream. <laughs> Just keep buying those lottery tickets. <laughs> I do, and I don't win anything. I know, us too. So as you guys know, today is another is our third My Favorite Mini Mystery episode. So Krista and I each picked a story that we didn't think warranted a full episode, maybe. So we each bring one to the table, 
and mine actually turned into a confusing little situation because I totally had something else picked for mine. And then I was researching it, and what I had picked is a story that I have loved ever since the first time I heard it because I was super fascinated with it. And I thought it was cool that you don't really hear a lot about it. So I was researching it, and then finally I was like, you know what? I want to save this for like a full episode. So then I picked something else, which is what I'm going to be talking about tonight. And I was going to save the topic I was going to do for our next episode topic and then bump (laughs) off moon mysteries, which was going to be our next topic. Just weird things about the moon and and stuff about the moon. Okay. And then just coincidentally on our strangers Facebook page, our listener Joe said, you guys really should do a show about moon mysteries. And I was like, wow, that was weird. And then someone else, I can't remember, I think it was April. Yeah, it was April who sent us our mail that suggested, that said she really wanted to hear the moon mysteries stuff too. So now I am bumping my other topic that I really like to next season. So next episode will be moon mysteries. Sweet. But things kind of got kind of all shagged up with everything. But I think it works out okay. I think things are okay. Yeah. I picked a new topic for tonight, which... I never know what the future topics are, so I would never yeah, know Yeah, I picked a difference. new topic for tonight, which everybody got right away from, yeah. our, from our teaser picture. Mm-hmm. But it was really kind of hard to pick a photo of what I'm going to be right. talking about. And Without giving it away. People not know. But, Anybody who's into the paranormal knows about that topic. Yep. But before we get to that, we have one last piece of business to take care of. Without further ado... And that is to pick our winner for the contest who gets to pick our topic for the 20th ep- 20th and final episode of the season. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I did there. <laughs> My voice just totally like went weird. So I downloaded an app where I could add everybody's name, and then it lets us pick one name at random. Okay. And we had a whopping 12 people enter. So (laughs) actually want to give a huge thank you to Matthew, Anna, Dash, Wander, Sherry, Sophie, Bridget, Russ, Jim, Josh, Casey, and Jeremy for actually participating. Thanks, guys. One of you 12 people will get to pick our 20th and final episode. So how are they going to tell us what they pick? I'll email them. Okay. Yeah. Because we'll kind of keep it a surprise. Yep. So I guess with without any further ado, this picks one of those names at random. Ready? Mm-hmm. And the person that gets to choose the topic for our 20th episode is Wander Lennox. Wander gets to pick our 20th episode. All right. So thank you, Wander. Yeah, thanks for I will be getting in touch with you, and we'll see what you want us to talk about for our 20th episode. Woohoo, I'm nervous. I am too. Okay. And because only a couple people really entered, I think next season, a couple times during the season, I will pick one of those people at random and ask you what you would like our next episode to be. Yeah, that'd be cool. So that way you guys can all kind of participate. Love it. So thank you guys for entering, and Wander, I'll be getting in touch with you. So I think that we should send him a sticker as well. I agree. I totally agree. So So. Kurt will be hitting you up for in a private message, of course, for your address and your topic. Yes. So thank you guys for entering and on with the show. On with the show. This is it. (laughs) I have a song for everything. What was that from? Looney Tunes. Oh, I knew. I was going to say Muppets. I don't know why I was going to say Muppets. 
So am I starting this sh- shebang? Yes, and I have absolutely no idea what you picked for a topic because probably it was because a, it was a generic. Yeah, it was like a stock photo. <laughs> it was a stock photo of a burnt house. It, it's relevant. Gotta, so got to make it difficult. My topic today, and it's something I had never heard of. I just literally googled like mysteries, <laughs> um, and it's it's about the solder children. Ooh, the solder family. Was it the solder murders? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if they were murdered. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, I remember hearing this. I believe I heard this on Thinking Sideways. Okay. So here we go. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. On the night before Christmas in Fayetteville, West Virginia in 1945, the Sauter family, which included George and Jenny Sauter and nine of their 10 children. So they, wow. I believe they had an older son who wasn't there. Um, They were asleep in their house after celebrating the holiday. Around 1 a.m., a fire broke out, and while George, Jenny, and four of their children escaped, the remaining five children were never seen again. So after taking stock of the children that had escaped the fire, George assumed that the following kids, Maurice, 14, Martha, who was 12, Lois, no, Lewis, who was nine, Jenny, who was eight, and Betty, who was five, were all still in the house. Apparently, he tried to save them by breaking a window to climb back into the house, and he sliced his arm open in the process, but he couldn't see through the smoke and fire, which had already begun to consume the lower floor of the house, which is where his bedroom was with his wife and, of course, the rest of the living quarters. When he went to rescue the kids through the windows of the upper bedrooms, the ladder that he always kept propped against the house was missing. So he decided instead to drive one of his two coal trucks up to the house and climb on top in order to reach the windows. However, even though both trucks were working fine the day before, neither would start. His daughter, Marion, who was 17 at the time, ran to a neighbor to call the Fayetteville Fire Department but couldn't get an operator to respond. A neighbor who saw the fire also called from a nearby tavern only to receive no response. The neighbor ended up driving into town to find the fire chief, F.J. Morris, who initiated Fayetteville's version of a fire alarm, which is basically the chief calls somebody and they call someone and they call someone. Wow. Like that's how it worked back then. (laughs) efficient. So uh, even though the fire department was only two and a half miles away, the crew didn't arrive until 8 a.m. So if you remember, I told you the fire started around 1 a.m. Yeah. It wasn't until 8 a.m. that the fire department showed up. Damn. So by then, the house had already been reduced to probably similar to what that photo looks like. Yeah. Um, so the surviving Sauters assumed that the five children had perished in the fire, but after a brief search of the home and grounds, no remains or even traces of remains were found. The fire was eventually attributed to faulty wiring. Even though no remains were found, the coroner's office issued five death certificates just before the new year, determining causes of death to fire or suffocation. How is that possible? I don't know. If there were no bodies to or any kind of remains to examine, how can they determine a cause of death? <laughs> this makes no sense to me. That doesn't make any sense. I just sense. find that really strange. So at this point, George and Jenny began to question whether or not their children were still alive. And they started to piece together a series of really kind of odd occurrences that led up to the fire, which include the following. A stranger had appeared at the home a few months earlier asking about hauling work. And I assume that means in a truck, like hauling work, because he had coal trucks. So he must have had a business like that himself. 
He wandered, this guy wandered to the back of the house, pointed to two separate fuse boxes and said, this is going to cause a fire someday. George thought this was odd, especially since he had just had the wiring checked by the local power company and they had determined that the wiring was fine. Huh. Around the same time, another man had come to the house trying to sell the family life insurance. When George declined, the man became angry, saying, quote, your goddamn house is going up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. You are going to be paid for the dirty remarks you have been making against Mussolini. Wow. So George and Jenny were immigrants from Italy. Yeah. And George was very outspoken about his dislike for the dictator and often engaged in heated debate with other members of the Fayetteville Italian community. Another odd thing that happened, the older Sauter sons recalled noticing a man parked along U.S. Highway 21, intently watching the younger kids as they came home from school. It doesn't say when that happened or if it happened more than once, but it was something that stood out in their minds. Yeah. Uh, Around 12.30 a.m. Christmas morning, so that would be the morning that the fire started about half hour before, I guess. After everyone had gone to sleep, Jenny was... Uh, awoken by the telephone an unfamiliar female voice asked for someone she didn't know and jenny informed her that she had the wrong phone number she returned to bed and and the phone call is not really the strange part i guess somebody could easily have just dialed the wrong number but when she went back to bed and was falling asleep she heard one loud bang and then a rolling noise on the roof and just fell back asleep (laughs) i don't think i could fall asleep after that Of course, the next time she woke up, there was smoke in her bedroom. Could that have been a Molotov cocktail? I suppose it could have. Possibly. Yeah. And if it was in the middle of winter... Did I just solve it? (laughs) You might have. (laughs) (sighs) Um, So I think this happened after the fire, but a telephone repairman told the solders that their lines appeared to have been cut, not burned. Uh, I'm not sure if that was after the fire, but that seems logical because why would somebody mention that the wires weren't burned before yeah. a fire? Yep. Um, I got most of this information from the Smithsonian website, nice. so I figure it's pretty credible. But I did grab a couple small details from other sites. A witness came forward later saying that he saw a man at the fire scene taking a block and tackle used for removing car engines. Could this be why the two coal trucks didn't work? When he went to start them, but they had been working fine the day before. Maybe the batteries had been removed or at least messed with. Yeah. Um, and Jenny, after the fact, spoke to an employee at a crematorium who informed her that bones remain even after bodies are burned for two hours at 2,000 degrees. Their house burned to the ground in 45 minutes. Yeah. So their 100% should have been remains. I wonder. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so after this... There started to become uh, reports of sightings. Yeah. So a woman claimed to have seen the children peering from a passing car while the fire was in progress. Um, another woman operating a tourist stop between Fayetteville and Charleston, which is about 50 miles west of the Sauter home, said she saw the children the morning after the fire, claiming she had served them breakfast. She also told police that there was a car with Florida plates at a nearby parking lot, which... I mean, I saw a guy with New York plates driving through Wisconsin a little yeah. while ago. I don't know how odd that is, but um, another woman at a, a char—it's called the Charleston Hotel—saw the children's photos and said she had seen four of the five children a week after the fire, claiming they were with two women and two men, all of Italian descent. 
Apparently, the entire group rented one large room with several beds. She said that she attempted to talk to the children, but the men were very hostile towards her, refusing her, refusing to let her speak to the children. They checked in around midnight and left early the next morning. So that was all. This is 1945. So in 1947, George and Jenny sent a letter about the case to the FBI and received a reply from J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, his reply was, quote, Although I would like to be of service, the matter related appears to be of local character and does not come within the investigative jurisdiction of this bureau, end quote. Hoover's agents said that they would assist if they could get permission from local authorities, but the Fayetteville Police and Fire Departments declined the offer. Huh. Which is strange. That is strange. The Sodders would eventually hire a private investigator named Cece Tinsley, who discovered that the insurance salesman who had threatened George... If you remember, he was the one who was mad about Mussolini. Mussolini. Mm-hmm. Mussolini. Mussolini. Thank you. Wow. If it's not in front of my face, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> was actually a member. So this man was a member of the coroner's jury that deemed the fire accidental. That's a little fishy. To that me. is very fishy. Tinsley also heard a strange story from a Fayetteville minister regarding the fire chief who claimed that even though he said no remains were found... Uh, he had discovered a heart in the ashes that was hidden inside a dynamite box and buried at the scene, which seems completely crazy to me. I mean, yeah, why I would that even exist? I don't know. So when they pressed for more information, the fire chief showed them where he buried the box. Apparently, he buried the box. What was found inside was a beef liver that was completely untouched by the fire. The solder was... the solder. So he found- thought it was a heart? So here, this is kind of what explains it. The Sodders would later hear via the town rumor mill that the fire chief had told others that the contents of the box were not found at the fire at all. He had planted them at the scene in the hopes that if any kind of remains were found, it would placate the family enough to stop the investigation. But again, rumors. I mean, who knows if that's That's true or not. That's crappy if that's true. But why why would there be a beef liver in a box buried at the scene? So he would rather have the family think... They were dead? Then I guess. Yeah. Well. Um, in 1949, August of 1949, the Sodders decided to mount a new search at the fire scene and brought in a Washington, D.C. pathologist named Oscar B. Hunter. The excavation was thorough, uncovering several small objects, including damaged coins, a partly burned dictionary, and several shards of vertebrae. Hunter sent the bones to the Smithsonian Institution, which which issued the following report. Bear with me. Quote. Oh, boy. The human bones consist of four lumbar vertebrae belonging to one individual. Since the transverse recesses are fused, the age of this individual at death should have been 16 or 17 years. The top limit of age should have been about 22 since the centra, which normally fuse at 23, are still unfused. So somewhere between 16 and 22 years old. How old was the oldest child that was? 14. So it says. I could see that being. Yeah. It says on this basis, the bones show greater skeletal maturation than one would expect for a 14 year old boy, which is how old the oldest missing solder child was. But it's possible, although not probable, for a 14 and a half year old boy to show that kind of maturation in his bones. So I feel like it sort of like doesn't prove anything. It either could or couldn't be that kid. Yeah. Sounds like it's not likely though. Um, in addition, the vertebrae showed no evidence that they had been exposed to fire. 
So, so then why was there somebody buried there? So what what happened is that, and I wonder if I go into that later, but they, okay, yeah, so I'll keep reading here. So the report said, quote, it is very strange that no other bones were found in the allegedly careful excavation of the basement of the house, end quote. Noting that the house reportedly burned for only about a half hour to 45 minutes, it said that one would expect to find the full skeletons of five children rather than only four vertebrae. So this is coming from the Smithsonian Institution. They also feel that 45 minutes of a fire would leave entire skeletal remains. Um, The bones, the report concluded, were most likely in the supply of dirt George used to fill in the basement to create the memorial for his children. So he had dirt. Uh, trucked in and spread out where the foundation of the house was yeah. as a mem- like he Memorial. must have planted stuff there yeah i'm like where where did he get this dirt from like graveyard like why would someone's vertebrae in, be in this dirt i feel I like it's know. totally just... unrelated but really strange Still, yeah like really strange the Smithsonian report prompted two hearings at the Capitol in Charleston, after which Governor O.K.L. Patterson and State Police Superintendent W.E. Burchett told the Sodders their search was, quote, hopeless and declared the case closed. Undeterred, George and Jenny erected a billboard. And if you search this story, just the Sodder children, you'll get lots of pictures of this billboard. It had a picture of each of the kids on it. Uh, it was erected along Route 16, and they passed out flyers offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to the recovery of their children. They soon after increased the amount to 10000 And a strange, really strange, a letter arrived from, well, they started getting letters, like people from all over the place. A woman in St. Louis said the oldest girl, Martha, was in a convent there. Another tip came from Texas where a patron in a bar overheard an incriminating conversation about a long ago Christmas Eve fire in West Virginia. Someone in Florida claimed the children were staying with a distant relative of Jenny's. George actually ended up traveling the country to investigate every lead and came back empty handed. In 1968, more than 20 years after the fire, Jenny went to get the mail and found an envelope addressed only to her. It was postmarked in Kentucky, but had no return address. Inside was a photo of a man. That's the photo. I find him rather fetching. Uh, Of a man in his mid-20s. We'll post this to the page so you can see this rather fetching man I'm talking about. On its flip side, a cryptic handwritten note read, quote, Louis Sodder, period. I love brother Frankie, period. Lil boys, period, like L-L-I-L, boys, period. And then A, as in the letter A, 90132 or 35, end quote. So what does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) She and George couldn't deny the resemblance to their Lewis, who was only nine at the time of the fire. But, I mean, kids change so much between the age of nine and, like, late 20s. Plus it's... It sucks, but stuff like this brings out the kooks. That it does. Do... They want to insert themselves yeah. into the situation, although yep. it's like 20 years later, which is kind of strange. And if this guy's in his late 20s, it would be, yeah. the timing would be right. Yeah. Um, beyond the obvious similarities, dark curly hair, dark brown eyes, they had the same straight, strong nose and same upward tilt of the left eyebrow. Once again, they hired a new private detective and sent him to Kentucky, and they never heard from him again. Thanks, private detective. Wow. 
George. Should get, we should get his license revoked. <laughs> right? We should be private detectives. We should be private detectives. We'd be I'm cool. terrible at research. So. I'm good at research. <laughs> I'm just not good at chasing people. Oh, I'd be terrible at that too. Okay. I did get <laughs> a speeding ticket a few weeks ago though, so maybe I I've could... seen every episode of Magnum P.I. So <laughs> Well, that's something. I, yeah, I think that's I've all watched need. those CSI shows. I feel like I could well, do this. Yeah, we got it covered. We're good. We're good. <laughs> and I watch MacGyver, so I, we, if we have to get out of something, I can make something. We're going to give up podcasting and start a new side hustle, K&K <laughs> Private hustle. Detective Agency. Yep. yep. <laughs> we'll see maybe we'll keep up with the podcast for a little bit we could do a podcast about our detective work <laughs> we could I think that'd be really good i need a magnifying glass because we all have it. magnifying glasses well yeah obviously and a pipe <laughs> all right george passed away a year later in 1968 the billboard finally came down in 1989 when jenny wow. passed away wow that was up for a long time a long time <laughs> Her children and grandchildren continued to investigate and come up with theories of their own, which included the following. The local mafia had tried to recruit their father and he declined and apparently the children paid the price. Why would they only take half of them? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just meant to kill the whole family in a fire. And So what did he do to the mafia? Uh, they tried to recruit him and he didn't want to be part of it. I don't think the mafia would kill, Probably not. Would, would do that. Probably. Well, I don't know. I don't. I'd ask Whitey Bulger, but he's dead. From what I know about the mafia, they weren't like, I don't know. I don't know. I watched The Sopranos, but I don't really re- <laughs> remember much of it at this point. I've seen Goodfellas. Um, they, I love that all of our information is from movies. Yeah, movies and TV shows. And TV shows. <laughs> that's, that's where we get our research, folks. <laughs> and kind of building off the last one, another theory was that they tried to extort money from him and he refused to pay up. Um, the third theory was that the children were kidnapped by someone they knew, someone who could have burst into the house while the fire was happening and offered them, you know, a safe escape. Other theories, Bigfoot. I'm just, <sighs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, wow. <laughs> uh, you know, I always got to throw Bigfoot in there. <laughs> Most of the people in the community actually believe the children perished in the fire and that the family just refuses to believe it. But I just don't know if I can buy that. The lack of human remains to me makes zero sense. Zero sense. Um, But it also makes zero sense why they would be gone and not have contacted them or... They were pretty young, though. Yeah. I guess nine. The oldest was fourteen. You know, if somebody wanted Actually, to, fourteen's not that young. If somebody wanted to, they could have taken them and told them that the rest of the family died, died. in the fire, so that they would have had no idea that right? their parents were alive. It could be. Uh, some people speculate that they were kidnapped and taken to Italy, and that's why nobody's ever heard from them. It's possible they were all Italian. Yep. So, um, the youngest and last surviving daughter, Sylvia, from what I could find, would be 75 today. She gave an interview in 2013 where she stated that she believed her siblings had survived that night. Um, so there was a comment on the page uh, where I got this story on the Smithsonian website, and I thought it was an interesting point. And it's there were two points. It said if the five children... Missing children were still upstairs and hadn't been consumed by the fire. Wouldn't they have been screaming? Wouldn't someone have heard them? But I said not if they had succumbed to smoke inhalation first, which is usually how people go in a fire, thank God, rather than burning to death. Um, And he also, or he or she, whoever this was, said 90132 and 90135 are, it's a zip code in a Palermo, Sicily area, 
Which is interesting because, well, Sicily is not Italy, but it's certainly, I think it's like southern, it's below Italy. Yeah. So maybe that's just a weird coincidence, but maybe that, I don't know, maybe that postcard, even though it was postmarked Kentucky, I think, someone was hinting at the yeah, fact that, that this boy is actually in, in Italy. Yeah. Another commenter, and I thought this was really smart, suggested any living family members, if they could submit their DNA yeah. to one of the, you know, the sites that collects your DNA, yeah. they can link you up to people you're related to. Maybe one of these people doesn't even know that they were kidnapped. Yeah, that's very Is on that's, a genealogical website yeah. and discovers yep. they have a sibling. Yep. <laughs> well, the siblings are gone now, the ones that were remaining. No, I think, I don't know if the Sylvia is alive or not. She was, I mean, a few years ago was the last kind of interview she did. But I thought that was an interesting suggestion. So, Kurt, what do you think? What do you think happened? I don't know. I honestly do think that the rolling sound they heard on the roof was a Molotov cocktail. I think that whatever they heard on the roof, I think, is what burned the house down. And I think somebody intended to burn the house down, obviously, if the wires were cut on the phone. Right. But then that doesn't answer why some of the kids aren't there anymore. I mean, well, weren't there when it, when it happened. And you know, why would you burn the house down and then save... Half the kids. Unless they were out of the house before the fire started. Possibly. I mean, we don't know that they were taken during the fire or after the fire. They just know that after the fire started and they took stock of the kids outside that those five were missing. But I could see somebody taking them and saying, no, everybody, your parents, everybody died in the fire and then right. having them start a new life. But why, why burn the house down? So that people would maybe think they had died in the fire. Possibly, but why take the kids? Why... What's what's the know. what's the purpose of taking the kids and saving them? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know. That's an answer we're probably never going to have. I don't know. But I've I've heard of this case before and it's just There's enough weird shady stuff that like the ladder that was always leaned up against the house is missing. Yeah. The two coal trucks that worked the day before wouldn't start. Like the wires were cut. The strange people coming, someone specifically saying your house, two people said your house is going to burn down. Like that's really specific. Yeah. And the fact that no human remains were found in a house that burned down in 45 minutes. I mean, what did this thing say? After, for burning two hours at 2000 degrees, there are still bones left. And this is from a crematorium. There have to be remains. And if there aren't, in my opinion, those kids were not in that fire. Yeah. I, I don't think the kids were in the fire. I don't I think really so either. Don't. I think but that it they are make, out there somewhere. It doesn't somewhere. make sense to me why they wouldn't be. Like, why burn the house down and save them? That, that makes no sense. Yeah, we don't know what the motive is. Unless they obviously. wanted to burn the house down to scare the family and didn't intend to kill everybody in the family. But then why would you have cut the wires on the phone? Why would you have done all the other stuff if you didn't want them to... Right, and I think it would be really difficult to kidnap five kids... In the middle of no, that's why a I, fire. I I do think the kids willingly went because the person, like you said, were were saying, "I can save you. I'll save I you from the fire." Someone, and yeah. they went with them, and the person lied to them that everybody else was dead. Or it was before the fire. I'm almost leaning towards those kids were out of the house before the fire was even set. But how were they lured out? Someone they knew. What about the rest of the family? Why did the rest of the family let the kids go? They were all sleeping. It was like midnight. Yeah, but then why were those kids, how did those kids? Well, so the parents' bedroom was downstairs. Yeah. And one of the daughters was actually asleep on a couch in the living room. But if, you know, there were back stairways up to the bedroom where the other kids were sleeping, I could see how somebody on Christmas Eve could sneak up. There. Maybe they were dressed as Santa. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good <laughs> point. them out of the house, you know, yeah. while everyone was asleep. 
Because there was a period of time, they, the article said it was about an hour, but looking at some of the timeline, I think it was less than that, where she heard that noise on the roof. There was She didn't wake up for like another half hour, 45 minutes when she smelled smoke. They could have been out of the house during that time when everyone was sleeping. Yeah. I don't know. I think it makes <laughs> more know. sense. It's more, to me, it's more probable that they were kind of, you know, shuffled out of the house before the fire because I think... How would you not notice when you're all escaping someone driving off with your kids or, you know? Yeah. Kids are taken in the night all the time. Yeah. I don't know. This is just... It's doesn't, strange. A lot of it doesn't make sense to me. And what's really odd to me, too, is that the the town just seems to want to cover it up. Yeah. Like, they know what happened and don't want to... Yeah. They just want to sweep it under could, the rug. Which, which could be mafia-related because they maybe know that that's what happened and they don't want to mess right. with that. Yeah, you know, I don't want to be the snitches. I don't know. Snitches get stitches, you know. And end up in ditches. <laughs> so that's my mini mystery. And I th- unfortunately, I think it's going to remain yeah. a mystery. I do really think those kids grew up somewhere else not knowing yeah. what happened. I think actually Italy is pretty yeah. likely because back in back in the 40s. But why? Why take them to Italy? I don't understand Because they were all that. Italian. Yeah, but why... What's the point in taking them there? I don't know. Why not kill them? If maybe there was a relative. Maybe they still had... I think it was still pretty common for people to have relatives back, back. at their homeland. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. That's a puzzle. I think it's tough because there's no motive. No. Other than that guy who didn't like that he was, you know, complaining about the dictator. But still. <laughs> Seems a bit drastic. A little extreme, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Aliens. Maybe could, it was aliens. It could have been. Could have been aliens. Noise on the roof could have been Rudolph. It was Christmas oh, Eve. It could have been Rudolph. Maybe yep. it was Krampus. Oh, maybe it was Krampus. <laughs> good call. Good good mystery. I, I've heard of it, but I didn't think of that for this. I love stories like that. Yeah. Stuff just doesn't add up. Super fascinating. Yeah. All right. I'm so excited to hear about yours. So, like I said, I changed my topic once or twice and ended up doing, like everybody guessed in the Facebook Strangers group, <laughs> I am doing the Nightcrawlers. I and love this stuff. By the time you guys listen to this, I will have it posted in the Strangers and on the Strange Sessions page. I'll have the videos. Cool. There's basically two videos. Um, the Fresno one, which is the one everybody knows, and the the other one, I believe, was at... Yeah, uh, Yosemite National Park. So the Fresno one is the one that was investigated on Fact or Fake? Yes. Okay, they actually yep. went to this person's yep. house That's and what I watched last night it. when I was laying in bed watching that I to get my that fresh show. So, I wish that were still on. That was a good show. The first and most well-known... Okay, and go watch the videos if you haven't watched the videos. Yeah, so go watch, that's we'll, really we'll weird. Pause the, pause the podcast, go watch <laughs> the videos, and then come back. The first and most well-known sighting of this creature happened in Fresno, California. There are a lot of conflicting reports about the time frame of the Fresno sighting. Some sites claim that it happened in the late 90s, but by most accounts, it happened around 2007. According to most accounts, a family living in Fresno, California, installed a video camera looking into their front yard. The head of the family, a man named Jose, was sound asleep one night when he was awakened by the sounds of his dogs barking and just generally going crazy around 2 o'clock in the morning. He got out of bed, looked at his video monitor immediately, and saw the image of a creature walking through the front yard. And if you've watched the video, it's weird. It's really weird. It's really weird. It looks like 
just a pair of legs with like pants like wind pants or some kind of pants that are like kind of fluttering it reminds me of gumby do you yeah, remember what yeah. gumby was <laughs> yeah but only white it's and just really small. It, all it is is like a pair of legs and like a little head on top of a pair of legs yeah there's no arms or no. anything and it just kind of does this weird weird walk like glide it's like a weird a weird really like gliding walk. walk through the yard the small creature appears to stop for a moment and then resumes walking a second similar creature follows Jose was completely puzzled by this, which anybody would be that saw this thing walking through their front yard. Never go outside <laughs> He brought again. the footage to the local television network, Univision 21, and Univision had paranormal researcher Victor Camacho look at it. Camacho presented the video at the 2008 MUFON convention, which is the UFO network, the big UFO network convention. Okay. But the creature became more widely known when it was featured on a 2010 episode of Sci-Fi Channel's Factor-Faked Paranormal Files. The cast of the show attempted to reproduce the video showing how the footage could have been faked, but were unable to. Replicating the beings and their movements is difficult, and none of the standard hoax methods worked. If someone did indeed hoax the footage, they went through a great deal of effort to do so. Then, the second video footage was caught on Yosemite National Park security camera in March of 2011. They were hoping to identify a group of vandals who had been stealing and damaging private property and found these creatures caught on their security cameras. So was it, I haven't seen that video, is it pretty much just like it? It's or are they sort a of little like bit it. different? It's sort of like it, but we'll get into my personal feelings about that. Your personal feelings. So that's really all there is about okay. it. There's there's not a whole lot about it. If you've seen, I'm sure everybody watching this has seen the videos before because mm-hmm. they're featured on a lot of paranormal shows. So basically, there's all as always, there's two overarching theories. And then a whole bunch of sub-theories. And a whole bunch of sub-theories. <laughs> is Bigfoot one of them? Uh, no. <laughs> Dang. Little foot. Little, <laughs> little, little, foot. little legs. <laughs> so basically, the big sub-theory one is... These creatures are real. Okay. Under that, uh, sub-theory A says these creatures are related to another phenomenon or another cryptid. And we have had what? We have had hat men. We have had grinning men. We have had black-eyed kids. We have had shadow people. We have had men in black. And adding to that now, we have another creature called black stick men. (laughs) And there's... Kind of a lot of there about this, and I have never heard okay. of this before. Black stick uh, men. Okay. Yeah. Looking Weren't at... these white, though? Yeah. In the video? Yeah, okay. but they think that these things are related to this other Phenomena. cryptid phenomenon okay. called black stick men. Never even heard of this. Uh, on the website 14 Times, they, somebody started... Uh, Is this Tobias's website? No, I think Tobias was on Strange 14. He was on a different one. I don't okay. think it was 14 it's Times. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. But in the in the forum, somebody started a thread about this, and a lot of people chimed in about seeing things. Okay. So here's one of the stories. Quote, My sister and her friends described what they saw to me on May 2nd, 2003, at a party out at their house in the country at 3.30 in the morning. There were almost 20 kids there. They had started a bonfire in between two houses and an adjacent field. The party wound down around 2.45 in the morning. My sister, who was 17, and her two friends started to clean up. They were unloading some chairs when my sister saw a figure standing a little off the driveway by the house. She motioned to her friend to look. They were a little scared, so they jumped into the van. Once in the van, they looked back up towards the house, and the figure was gone. 
My sister described it as appearing to look like maybe it was a man, and it had lighter colored or white clothing on. Once the van was started, they all convinced each other that the figure or person was probably my friend E's dad just checking up on them. Then they headed back down towards the fire to resume cleaning. Around 3.20 a.m., they headed up the driveway and into the grass and down the hill towards the fire, which was still burning. The van's bright light lit up, quote, frozen things. There were strange figures or creatures or something in two separate rows. She says there were maybe 15 in each row and 30 in all. She said they were about 3 feet to 4 feet tall. They were directly in front of the car about 15 feet away from them. She describes them as having Christmas light bulb heads and that their heads were connected to the body, but she couldn't see how. She says their arms were up, but she couldn't see hands. She said they were stick-like. Stick people, she says, dark gray or brown in color. They didn't move, not at all. She says they were just frozen in these two separate rows. My sister immediately began to cry, and both girls screamed for E to get the car moving. She peeled out, and they headed to town. The girls drove around for two hours until they finally got enough courage to go back as the sun came up. She hasn't been able to sleep or eat, and when she told us what happened, she could barely finish a story because she was fighting back tears. To say that she was shaken up is an understatement. Wow. So in a lot of accounts, a lot of the accounts seriously creeped me out. I was reading them in, you know, on my computer late at night and... Or late at night for me is like eight o'clock for everybody else. <laughs> but it was like kind of creeping me out that basically what people say they see is a stick figure. It's like a like a but child drawing. Frozen? A st- no, this was just like one example. Okay. But a lot of people say they see it's a stick figure, like a child would draw a stick person. They see it walking down the street. They say that these things glide rather than walk. And when they move quickly, they move with a strange up and down bouncing motion. Which is creepy. Which is a lot like what those videos yeah, depict. Yeah, yeah. So they said that it, it kind of does like this. I think they call it lolloping. It was like this weird sure. bouncy, That's this weird bouncy step. And they are often accompanied by a strong feeling of dread. And they are also sometimes seen wearing an old-fashioned top hat. Well, that's weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, yeah, everybody says it's basically just a child's stick stick person walking down the street. Um, And like another example of a sighting came from another website. I don't remember which one, but this one was basically where you would, if you had a strange sighting, you would post it on here and they would report and it would like a, you know, report of strange sightings. This website said location, Elkader, Iowa. I think it's Elkader, Elkader, Iowa, date, February 15th, 2004, time 2300. That's 11 o'clock. Yep. The witness was returning to her house after finishing a late-night farm chore when something caught her eyes as she almost reached her door. To her left, she saw a thing running very fast, about 30 yards away from her. Not comprehending what she was seeing, she could only describe the entity as looking like a, quote, stick person. It seemed to turn its head slowly over its left shoulder and look straight at her, and then it took off in a sprint directly towards her. Very upset, the witness ran inside and locked all the doors. It took her two hours to calm down. She began to sob so hard that she started to hyperventilate. She never told anyone, including her family, about what she had seen. She felt that the thing wanted her to see it for some unknown reason. Did she say what color it was? No, she just Did said the a, last stick, one a stick man. say what color they were? Uh, she said they were dark brown. Okay. I'm just looking dark for... gray or brown in color. Okay. And she says that it was just a stick person and that it turned its head slowly, looked at her, and then just bolted directly at her. So the the story before though, where she said they were like Christmas light, Christmas heads, light bulb heads. That I mean, I'm. It could I, I, seem alien esque. Yeah, 
Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Extraterrestrial. That almost and sounds like a gray's head, like a sure. gray alien's head. And I've seen depictions of them being very skinny, long, yep. skinny, skinny arms yep. and legs. But there are people that have seen these black stick men, and some people theorize that these things, that the night crawlers are. I need to Google a picture now. Are just offshoots of these black stick men. Black stick men. Okay. You know, I never, I never understood why, how they got the name Nightcrawlers. Deodorant night, came up. For I could degree, see <laughs> degree I could, deodorant. I could see I, night gliders. I don't think these things are like. I don't know. Understand where Nightcrawler came from. You know what? The, okay, so I googled this, and some of the pictures. Oh, that's weird. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, and what see, a, and that's that's that kind of looks like what we see in that video a little bit. Yeah. And this, this one's really big. Yeah. It reminds me of some of the figure stick figures that were hanging from the trees in Blair Witch. Yep, exactly. That's creepy. So some people think that these are a creature that are an offshoot of the black stick men. Okay. Sub theory B, these are Native American spirits. According to Native American tribe members that live near Fresno, the nightcrawlers are beings that have always lived on Earth, even before human beings. According to these myths, the nightcrawlers have long legs that allow them to move through difficult or boggy landscapes because they are swamp world beings, and that they are in our world now in order to rebuild a connection between human beings and our natural surroundings. So there's that. Okay. Uh, also, and this shows up a lot when you're researching this, a few photographs have turned up online of tall wood carvings or statues that appear to be created in the shape of the nightcrawler creatures. Okay. Uh, people are trying to locate these statues to discover the story behind them, but nobody can find them. You can, they're easy to see. If you Google you know, uh, nightcrawler statues, you're going to see tons of pictures of them. And somehow this always gets tied in with the Native American myths. And I don't know why, because the statues look like somebody just decided, hey, this would be cool to carve this. So I don't think it has anything to do with Native Americans. I think somebody just carved them for the sake of carving them. Sure. And when you look at the pictures, you can see that it looks like they're in somebody's landscape, like a backyard. I don't think this is what you're talking about. No, I don't know what the <laughs> hell that is. That's what comes up. Yeah. Nightcrawler statue. It's an action figure. Is Nightcrawler like some kind of marvel thing or one of those i think people? so okay i'm not getting the intended results i wanted oh here's one let me see fresno nightcrawler it's got a face yes and that's that's there's that's like creepy. a there's like a weird story behind these that apparently somebody in florida had these photographs and said it was a place in in uh new jersey but they were actually taken in california nobody really seems to know Hmm. what's going on with these and nobody can find them no nobody knows where they are people are actually are out there always looking to see where these are but i think in the pictures it looks like in somebody's backyard yeah you know it's like somebody thought it was some public no and it's always tied up with native american myth but it doesn't look like a native american carving it looks like some dude was like oh this would be badass if i did this (laughs) and put it in his backyard this will freak some people this will freak them out and then put it in his backyard that's seriously what that looks like to me Mm mm-hmm you know, so I kind of just discount that. They call that. it like garden art or yeah. something. Okay. Also, supposedly in 1931 in, I think it's Blythe, B-L-Y-T-H-E. Sure. Supposedly in 1931 in Blythe, California, an archaeologist discovered huge glyphs that could be seen from the air. These showed a huge being with long legs and arms with a small head. You could only see these glyphs from the air. The glyph was about 160 feet long from head to toe. Wow. And a lot of people tie that with... 
the night like creatures. Just like out in the countryside? Like, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I did look up a couple Google images about it, and I'm not sure if I was looking at the right ones, but I don't really think what I saw looked like the Nightcrawler okay. footage. Some I don't people know. make connections where there are none. So. I just don't like the name Nightcrawler. No, Night it's Glider. creepy. Uh, Things that crawl around are creepy. That's why. Yeah. Sub Theory C, saying that they're real. Fact or fiction, couldn't prove it was faked. The cast of the show attempted to reproduce the video showing how the footage could have been faked, but were unable to. Can I just point out, though, that they also couldn't prove yep. what the Paulding light was, yep. and I feel like yep. that's been debunked. We'll get there. We'll get okay. to that. <laughs> uh, a voice print analysis was done on Jose during the segment when he... You know, the, the weird thing about Jose is originally when he found this footage, he refused to be shown. He didn't want his identity revealed. He didn't want his face shown. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the articles and websites I went to said it was because he was an illegal alien. Uh But when he was on Factor Faked, is it Factor Faked? Factor Faked, yeah. Factor Faked, he was shown. Right. So was he... So was that the... Was the former FBI agent on that? No. We'll get to that. But they did do a voice print analysis of of Jose telling his story, and they it, they said that the voice print analysis showed he was telling the truth. Okay. So they think that if he believes that it was true, that somebody, if it was a hoax, somebody was pulling it on him. Okay. But in a comment on paranormal researcher David Weatherly's website, one of the a Ben from the cast of Factor Fake actually actually wrote a comment on there. He said, "Quote." It was the second half of my team who was on this case for Factor Faked, so I didn't interview the owner of the original video. It was their opinion, however, that he was being entirely truthful. In fact, he never wanted to come forward with the case or draw attention to himself because he's not a legal resident. To answer the questions of some of your posters, the video was not filmed on VHS. It was captured on Jose's DVR. Many DVR systems have a very proprietary software program, which makes it very difficult to download or export from the machine. He filmed the video from his monitor because he couldn't export it and he was worried it would be deleted. I've seen quite a few cases where people have done the same thing because they can't find the codec to read the file. This makes it all the more intriguing. While I find that the second video was most likely CGI, the first video filmed in the yard in Fresno would be very difficult to fake as CGI. Mm. The homeowner would have had to be in on it and he's an unlikely hoaxer. There's no obvious motive and he didn't want the attention. He's not tech savvy to our knowledge. And anyone hoaxing this would have had to upload a CGI video onto his DVR system, which is also very unlikely. Also, I've been looking for these statues for a while now. I'd love to learn if they were anywhere nearby. This was one of our favorite cases by far from Ben Hansen. Awesome. He was my favorite on that show. Uh, Mostly Jael. because you know he, I love I Jael. Know. Well, you know, I'm going to like the tall former FBI agent. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jael. Uh, but I thought he added a lot of validity to the show. Yeah. I mean, the dude was in the FBI. So, so they could not. They they tried. Those are all really They tried several points. things. They tried a puppet on a yep. wire. They tried a puppet on a wire. They had a kid dress up like him and, and walk through the yard. Mm-hmm. Nothing they actually walked. Like they actually had the puppet and they walked it. And then mm-hmm. the person walking it was digitally erased from the footage. And none of it looked really good. No. They couldn't really come no. close to it. So then we get to big theory number two. They aren't real. Okay. Sub theory A is that so much of the entire story is vague and hard to pinpoint. Uh, and it kind of is. There's a lot of, a lot of the articles have all different dates, different times and stuff. And it just doesn't, a lot of it doesn't add up. 
Stories seem to vary from site to site. A poster on Reddit stated, quote, Somebody started up the usual comments about them being, quote, supernatural and, quote, found in Native American myths. I asked if anyone could point me to the source of these Native American myths, and someone gave me a long list. All of the names are basically tribes or subtribes of the Pitt River Group. I found a listing of their myths on the tribe's own website. Nothing that I could find mentioned anything like these two-legged, white walking things. I didn't want to send a letter to the tribe leader, as I didn't want to have to bother them with this sort of drivel, but I tried combing what I could find out of the Pitt River tribe's legends and couldn't find anything like the Nightcrawlers. So a lot... You know, the whole Native American thing is vague. It's very vague. A lot that's thrown out a lot for spiritual, you know, paranormal stuff that, oh, that's Native Mm -hmm. American myths. Sure. So nothing could be found about this. Sub-theory B, saying that it could be faked. Not being solved on fact or fake doesn't mean anything. (laughs) As you said, I mean, it's a, at the end of the day, it's an entertainment show. They're, they're out for you know not ratings but they're out for them their their own show they're mm-hmm. not i mean they're professionals in a sense but they're also professional entertainment people professional entertainers <laughs> so the fact that it wasn't solved under a lot of people bring that up that well they couldn't they couldn't solve it so you yeah. know it, and i'm trying to remember was they always did two there was always two the group would split up into two and one would go investigate one thing and yeah, one would go was group. it always like one thing they couldn't prove and the other they debunked or were there ever remember. episodes I don't where remember. they couldn't prove where remember. everything was debunked you know but they did a good job of debunking a lot of oh, I think so a too. lot of the videos they and came, stuff they was like actually reproduced really... a lot of stuff or ca- they at the end of the show got someone to admit that they hoaxed it i remember yeah. that happening yeah yeah that happened a couple times yeah but a lot of people like when you look up stuff about this online a lot of people say oh if they couldn't say it was faked it it's has like to be real and that's not tap not, says it's haunted yeah or it's haunted. i mean that's not the case no that is not the case it uh, just means yeah i don't know it just means that you know they if it was hoax they just didn't discover what it was yeah exactly how it was done. exactly they never came out and said holy crap this is real they just said they could not prove it to be a hoax right they couldn't recreate with it. what they've done right you know and sub theory C says that some YouTube videos do show passable recreations of how it could have been a puppet manipulated with wires. And so much of the footage out there only shows the one creature. And that's the thing is that I had a hard time finding any footage that showed the second creature because there's two creatures in the Fresno footage. Yeah. And the other creature that you don't see very often does look more hoaxy and it seems to wobble more like it is hanging on a wire. Mm. Everybody just focuses on the one creature that we all know right. from the video. So that kind of leads you to to think that it very well could have been a, a hoax. hoax. So that's pretty much all I have. What you, do you think? You know, and I think it's one of those cases where when you find someday if this is revealed to be a hoax and you see how they did it, you're like, oh, duh. Yeah. Obviously, that's how they did yeah. it. It's just you're n- nobody's thinking of it yet or has come up with how they did it. Yep. But I think in in the chance that maybe it is a real thing, it's creepy yeah. and really weird. What I do find odd, though, is that there's only two two of these, maybe three of these things that exist anywhere. Yeah. There's, there's only that's a couple. Odd. <laughs> there's only a couple of, of videos that are... Usually when something like this is discovered, videos come out of the woodwork. There are. I mean, there are bad ones that I've seen. There are a lot of obviously faked ones that I've seen. 
You just don't hear. It's not like like the black eyed kids. Nobody has those things on no. video, but everybody's no. well, not everybody. A yeah. lot of people have a story about an encounter. Yep. It's just odd that there's only two known encounters. And uh, I've I've you know when on our Facebook page and stuff, we'll have both of them on there. But I really think the yellow, the the park one. Yeah, the Yosemite Park one is Yosemite. CGI. I think that one's faked. I just okay. do. I don't know. Is it? I have. I can't really say why. But, I but just, is it the park that posted the video? There's a lot of different... That's another thing that's where there's a lot get. of different... Some people say it's a security camera. Other people say other sites had said that it was a camera that an older couple had put out overnight looking for deer or something that made absolutely that would make no more sense. sense. Like, why would the but park people said that it? if you go to that park and see where the it was supposedly filmed from, there's no security cameras there. So um, a lot of... Almost everybody agrees that the Yosemite one was faked. Okay. That that was CGI... I'm curious to see it. No. Yeah. So I really think that one, you can just throw that one out. I think that one is fake. Okay. That's just my personal opinion. And did it kind of show up after this Fresno one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, that's just kind of my Copycat. personal opinion, but I think that one is faked. Okay. So what do you think about, what do you? I've always loved this story and yeah. I love the video. I just don't think there's enough information about it to even draw a conclusion. I, I, there's just stuff that I don't understand. Like if it was a hoax, why didn't this guy want... It must have been on him then. I, I kind of feel that part that they said if he passed like the sort of... Yeah. The so maybe test. like somebody in his family set this up to... But also the dogs... The dogs or, the dogs know. barking woke him up and made him look at the, the footage. You wouldn't have been able to really plan that where somebody would have to be like, all right, he's up. Now d- drag the thing across the yard. The dog... No, the 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 footage. The, Did he see it himself? Yeah, he saw oh. it on he saw it on his monitor, and then because he was afraid he was going to lose it, he maybe ended they up, tried like every night for two the, weeks and the, it just from, happened to from work. From what I heard, the one of the camera people from that news station went there and they re- used a video camera to record the footage on the guy's DVR. That's why it's always so grainy, right? Because it's basically footage of footage. Right. So I just don't understand if it was a hoax on the guy, how would that have been done? You know, somebody would have had to have to be there to be making the thing. Yeah. You know, night crawl across the the front yard. Yeah. So how would they have known the guy was up watching the monitor? You know, that just. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 it, like it would you have said, to be it, perfect circumstances. Yeah. And why? Unless it was the kids like, pulling a joke on him yeah that you think somebody would have came forward by now i don't know i don't know my what do you think my i'm really conflicted on this one because my head tells me that it's a hoax but my heart kind of thinks it's real Mm -hmm. it really does and i again i have no explanation have you seen any of the youtube videos that people have done a really good job recreating it i've seen some yeah yeah and i could kind of there are some pretty decent ones, so I could kind of see it being, but it's just a lot of work to go through, and for what? Right. That's what I don't that understand. That is strange. You know, so part of me does think it's real, hmm. and I, th- I feel like if it is real, and I'm not saying with any certainty that it is, but I feel like if it is real, I don't think whatever the creature is that was filmed there is malicious. I feel like, I don't feel like there's anything. It feels evil. alien to me. It feels like. alien. That's one of the theories is that it's an alien. Yeah. You know, but I don't feel like it's malicious. I feel like it's just 
passing through. Passing through, basically. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. But those other stories of encounters people had, it was the opposite. It felt very yeah, everybody scary. said it came with a feeling of dread, but for mm. some reason, I think this just... It's creepy the way it moves. Yeah. I mean, it moves in a very... Unnatural You way. know, like one of the... One of the commenters I saw on a post about it said that it's just like this perfect mixture of being natural looking and still being alien looking. And the movement is like natural, but it's alien. Right. So it's just weird. And like nothing I, moves like that. No, no. So if it is a hoax, I don't understand how or why. You know, some people yeah, theorize that that paranormal Camacho researcher might have been the one to fake it, but... Why would you do that if you were... Some random person? No, that he faked it and wanted Jose to pretend to be the... Oh, did they know each other? No. Oh, yeah. No, but there's people I've seen that thrown out there that they think that that was uh, that Victor Camacho But they said this guy passed like a... Yeah, that's why I discount that. I mean, this this is one that at the end of the day, I really don't know. And if what... he wasn't a, a not here legally, I very highly doubt he yeah. would agree to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I would, I, I would I feel like if he's the, been deported. I hope not. I would feel like if that was somebody doing it to him for a hoax, that he would have came forward to admit that. But or maybe they were doing it to draw attention to the fact that he was here illegally. I don't know. Possibly. It seems very elaborate. Yeah. So like he could just like make a phone yeah, call. Exactly. So I really don't know what to think. Like I said, my my head know. wants to say it's a hoax. My heart but wants why? to say it's a real creature. It just the hoax doesn't make like why. And I don't why know. and how? Nobody's really know. figured out how yet. I, I don't, don't know. know. And if it is a real creature. But I haven't seen enough evidence to prove it's real either. It's one of those head scratchers. Yeah. It's a head scratcher. It is. I think both of these cases today are head scratchers. Yeah, they are. I so like I don't know. I really don't know. Hmm. I. What do I, our listeners think? Yeah, what do you guys About think? About both cases. What do you think happened to the Sodder children? And what do you think the Nightcrawler is? Do you think it's a hoax or do you think it's real? If you think it's real, what do you think it is? Yeah, let us know. I'm interested to hear theories. Yeah. I want to see video. I want to see the videos. I've seen the the Fresno one. I haven't seen the other one. Yeah. Those will be up by now. You can watch them. Okay. Cool. So I don't know. I, I, I'm torn. I think I could, I think it's both. A, it's a head you know, Like I said, I could see it being a hoax, but I could see it being real. And if it and is real, And this is kind of old. This happened a lot. Like how yeah. many years ago? I don't know that we're, if it was a hoax or so somebody, you know, you think they would have come out by now. Like 2009 2007, is when that, 2008. 2007. And yeah. that's when the show came out. When did the when did that? No, by most accounts, it happened around oh, 2007. Happened okay. And yeah. It was on Factor Faked yeah. a few years after yeah. that. Okay. And like I said, so many of the, the message boards, so many of the articles said, brought up the Factor Faked that they couldn't prove. Hmm. You know, like that's some conclusive thing. Yeah. I don't know. So let us show. know what you guys think. Yeah, really interested to hear theories and opinions on both stories. Yes. Cool. Do we have time for a listener question? I think we do. I think we do. Maybe even two. Tonight's listener question says, I am interested in going on a paranormal investigation. Who would I speak to to further this possibility? Is that referring to us? Like us specifically? <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to go on one too. <laughs> I, would like, I would, but realistically, I can't with while. my stupid work schedule. I just can't. I my advice, and I had a um, Amy Braybont. She we gave her a shout out. Yep. Um, she was actually kind of asking the same question on Facebook, and I said that look at local investigation groups in your area. They often host uh, events, especially at this time of year yeah. around Halloween. October is always crazy with ghost investigations, right? Where they let people from the public, a limited amount of people, come along investigations 
Um, or even if they're not doing something like that, sometimes you can just reach out to a group and they'll, they'll let someone come along and see what it's all about. As far as our group, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We have like nothing scheduled. We haven't actively done an investigation in no. several years. And like I said, I basically can't because I work mm-hmm. weekends and don't do a lot of investigations on a Thursday night. A lot of times it's done on weekends when everybody else is off. I know this sounds kind of cliche, but... I mean, maybe it's just taking you and a friend and going to a local graveyard during the day with yeah, a recorder. With a recorder. Take and some a camera. EVPs. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. as long as you're not trespassing and you're being safe, you can kind of get a little taste of what it's what it's all about. Yeah. Good answer. Uh, second question for the night. Love the show. Thank you, whoever. Uh-huh. Yes, thank you. What is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? <laughs> <laughs> tonight's was up. Tonight's very was appropriate. up there. Yeah. Uh, weirdest thing we've ever I've ever eaten. Hmm. It would have to be one of our taste tests because I feel like in normal life I'm not. <laughs> you wouldn't eat. I mean, I'm 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 a I'm a foodie. I would say, but I'm not like someone who's gonna eat crickets or something like that. Or I've had crickets. I'm not really into things I, like caviar or. I guess I've had muscles, stuff like that. So I guess the weirdest thing I've ever eaten, I don't know, would have to be one of our taste tests. Let me think. The weirdest thing I've ever eaten. You go first. Can you think of something? I've eaten a lot of weird things. I've eaten I've eaten chocolate-covered crickets. Okay. And not. it tasted like chocolate. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> super weird. Chocolate. <laughs> um I've had tongue. That's not weird though, beef tongue. Yeah, beef I tongue is weird. I've never normal. had beef tongue. It's common in like Mexican food. Um, Tongue tacos. <laughs> um, this this show is about as adventurous as I get. I like to try different different foods and stuff. Um, I, like I thought when that, you were thought, in Europe, did you have anything when really I was in London? Strange over there, yeah. Not really. Not really. I think uh, when my brother and I, I said that I think I said in a previous episode that my sister in law got us a gift you know like a subscription box with japanese snacks where every month we would get one and in one of them we had i believe it i can't remember uh i think it was squid jerky or octopus (laughs) jerky and it was just nasty so that was weird i've had the peanut butter bacon cheeseburger which is amazing but i don't think that's really weird no uh not in today's sort of culinary environment there's a lot of strange stuff one thing that uh, people around here love that i ate once and i just not into it is a raw beef sandwich oh i'm not a hannibal cannibal, I, I, a cannibal sandwich I've my had, husband's family does that like at people the holidays. Are, holidays it's huge around here to eat cannibal sandwiches raw just ground beef raw ground beef white onions. bread and onions raw I, onions. I, I did it once i didn't i won't even try it. no i did it once and it's just something about the consistency and knowing that you're eating raw Ugh, beef no. i just can't so no. i i think that was weird and that's but i, really I can't weird. say that's a weird thing because everybody around here eats that for the holidays Some, yeah not in other places i suppose a lot of people would think peanut butter banana and mayo yeah. is pretty weird the chocolate covered crickets i would probably go with but i don't even think that's that weird i don't know i i can't come up with a really good answer to be honest i feel very boring all of a sudden Probably like, I don't know, one of the Japanese things we tasted, like that 
creamed corn crunchy <laughs> cream styrofoam corn crunch. thingy. Yeah, that was <laughs> I mean, good. I don't know what that was, but it was good. <laughs> I think that's some of the weirdest stuff I've tried is the Japanese because it's they have such a strange sense of like what snack food is, you know? Yeah, but it's like a good, it's like a, a in different, a good way. Yeah, yeah, in a good way. It's you wouldn't think of, you know, like that fish. What did we have? It was like. That's probably one of the weirdest things I've ever eaten. Was it, I don't know. We jerky? thought it was maybe jerky that had like some kind of nuts on oh, the outside. Yeah, what or was that? Was like a that was like pork. Fried. We still don't really know what the hell that was. That was, was like good, a, it was but, good, but it was like a pork. But it was really weird. Dried. Pork I think cutlet. that's weird that we eat stuff that we have no idea what it is. Like yeah. we have no way of finding out unless we can figure out how to translate the wrapper. And thank you, listeners, for your concern about me eating <laughs> stuff yeah, that I'm allergic I love to. That yeah. At least now we can kind of reference that. We yeah. felt safe today. Yeah. These so I'm, I'm going to go with chocolate-covered crickets. I think I'm going to go with think just that's that our Japanese snacks because half of it, I literally have no idea what we're eating. The the coconut, the Thai coconut chips with the durian was weird. Oh, yeah. They had yeah. that weird undertaste. They had that weird funky. The undertaste, the undertaste as I like to call it. <laughs> so I don't know. Good questions again, yeah. listeners. Thank you. I don't know. Maybe it's yet to come. It's Someone's probably yet to come. Someone's going to send us something it's probably, that I... Yeah, it's probably yet to come. Uh, but Before I forget, I have to wish my brother, Ryan, a happy birthday. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Ryan. He listens to the show. I'm going to call him later tonight and say hey, but I know that once he gets caught up on the episodes, he'll be happy to hear that we wish him a happy birthday. Yes, so. happy birthday. <sighs> so, I don't know. On that note... Yeah, I think we're... Uh, I think we're. I think we're done. Yeah. Check us out on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yep. Rate us on iTunes if you care to. Oh, also, uh, hold off now on the taste test items because this season is rapidly drawing to a close and we are good with the taste test items for the rest of this season. So after the holidays, if you're interested in sending us something, start that up again in the new year. We're always happy to get postcards, though. Yeah. Postcards you can send 24-7. We love our postcards. Totally. And we need a bigger whiteboard for our postcards and the Mm -hmm. old school media studios here. So, well, yeah. it's like officially pretty it much is, dark out now. It is now. pretty much dark out now. <laughs> and uh, the next time we do this, it will be dark out yeah. because daylight savings time is this weekend. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hate daylight savings time. I do too. I like getting that hour. Yeah. But, but it just messes me up. Yeah. And it messes my cat up because then she thinks I should either be up or uh, should be sleeping. And Their stomachs don't know concerned. that there's been a time difference no. for sure. My stomach doesn't either. So, it's <laughs> <That is> true. <laughs> Maybe that's just time for me to make a peanut butter and mayonnaise and banana sandwich. Sounds good. Because those were fantastic. That was good. So, uh, so thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best. And until next time, from Krista and I, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an old school media production, executive produced by Kirk Knechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.